welcome to a special Decemberween episode of Album Club 500. I'm your twisted sister, 27. And I am the mayor of Margaritaville, Jacob Schatz. That is factual and accurate. Because today we're not reviewing albums from our list. We are instead reviewing two Christmas albums. Surprise! Yeah, it's uh, we're doing Christmas Island by James Buffett and uh, A Twisted Christmas by Twisted Sister. Now, dear listener, you might be asking yourself at this point, why? And that's what I'm saying. Uh, you probably didn't notice last episode, but we immediately failed the lose condition that we set out for the podcast one episode prior. Game over. We didn't make a connection between the two albums that we had been listening to for that week. It's not that we couldn't. It's just that we forgot. Right. We probably could have, honestly. <laughs> those, those albums were relatively close. We could have done it if we had tried, but we just messed up and we forgot. So we don't want to restart the entire podcast over. So I've invented a new penalty game. Or whatever the penalty was. Right. <laughs> like, it was various <laughs> things. <laughs> yes, chopping off. We're not chopping off any fingers of ours oh, or yeah. other ones. Oh. We're not doing any historical revisionism either. Instead, we have both selected an album that we had heard but the other had not to listen to as part of this penalty game. I selected Christmas Island by Jimmy Buffett and 27 registered A Twisted Christmas. By a Twisted Seaster. And this is probably one of the worst ideas we've ever come up with together. Like, we've had some pretty bad ideas separately, but together, this probably ranks the highest. It takes the cake for sure. They're not good, folks. This isn't gonna be a happy fun time uh like oh man this uh, album's really good it exceeded my expectations no so i should say um uh, for a twisted christmas i actually got it from my uncle for christmas like f- six years ago oh my god as like a joke gift because like he knew i liked heavy metal and stuff and he's like hey it's a christmas <laughs> i should say <laughs> Christmas music is one of my least favorite things ever in general. Right, yeah. Christmas music falls into one of two camps for me. There's music that happens to be about Christmas, and there's music produced exclusively because it is Christmas music. Yeah, it's like, it's so, it's so corporate, like, cash grabby. Uh, it's, it's, it's disgusting. It's just phoned in more often than not. A lot of times when an artist sets out to make a Christmas album, it's, these are a bunch of songs that I don't have to write with a period of time where they can be extremely marketable boom one in the bank call it a studio album we need some cash now that being said there is a subset of christmas music that i really enjoy and it's usually like from artists who are trying to do something musically the biggest one i mentioned this on shots fired vince garaldi's score for the charlie brown christmas special because it's a jazz trio doing their own spin on Christmas classics, as well as some just things that were made into Christmas classics like Linus and Lucy. That's like good music first and Christmas music second. Exactly. But this is not. These two are a lot more about being Christmas music. So I gotta admit straight out, I cannot be objective about the album Christmas Island by James William Buffett. Man, you threw in that middle name. We're getting formal. That's how I show you that I can't be objective about this. Yeah, you're, you're on a first, middle, last name basis with Mr. James William Buffett. I feel like I can't even say that. Like, I, I don't have the right. <laughs> like, it doesn't feel right in your mouth. Yeah. Jimmy Buffett is a staple of my household. My dad is a huge Jimmy Buffett fan. This is always on rotation in our car during Christmas. 
I like Jimmy Buffett's music. There are parts of his discography that I actually prefer, and there's some stuff where it's like, yeah, this is a pop hit, but I still kind of dig it. So I cannot be objective about a Jimmy Buffett Christmas album because it's so ingrained in my consciousness from childhood that I associate too many of these things with things that aren't objective musical reviewing traits. You can't be, like, like where does this album fall on your top 20 Jimmy Buffett albums list? Well, let me tell you, if I sat down and made a top 20 Jimmy Buffett album list, I could use this album and all of the ones before it, because this is Jimmy Buffett's 21st studio album. Yes. That's ridiculous. <laughs> There's so, so much music by this guy. And it's his first Christmas album of two. Right, yeah. He has multiple Christmas albums, and I had the good fortune to hear the second Christmas album just this past week. Oh, great. For the first time. How, uh, how's it compare? He sounds like a lounge singer. He sounds like a tiki lounge singer <laughs> in the second album. I know that this isn't within the scope of the yeah, episode. Yeah, I'm just curious. But the second album is a lot more like he's a guy in Vegas doing like a regular Christmas show. <laughs> And that's what's being recorded. It's ridiculous. Is it gooder? Because that sounds kind of neat. <laughs> I mean, it's neat. I don't, I personally, I don't think it's that much better. I think it's probably more digestible. Like it's more Christmas classics and a little bit less of the, the Hawaiian stuff or the faux Hawaiian stuff. He's a lot older when he recorded the second one and he's sort of running low on the energy. <laughs> so I guess in order to compare the two, we got to really dig into Christmas Island now. Jimmy Buffett will never run out of energy. He's... He's the Lemmy Kilmister of golf and western. <laughs> yes. He'll go on forever and ever. And when he finally dies, Kenny Chesney will absorb his soul and take his place on the throne of the <laughs> the throne of the golf and western king. <laughs> I love the Buffett mythos that you're crafting right now. <laughs> oh yeah, well, I mean, I'm the expert, so <laughs> For context, I have never listened to Jimmy Buffett other than Margaritaville, Cheeseburger in Paradise, uh, and Boat Drinks, thanks to Mabim Bam now. Yeah, yeah. So here's my, my experience with this album overall. It's bad, <laughs> and, and some parts of it are like really bad, like really, really, really bad, and we'll get to that. But some parts of it, <laughs> I actually thought were fine, and actually found myself singing along to some of it. And, and when I did, as, like, with each word that came out of my mouth, I felt my body aging, like, by years at a time. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, like I was, I was like, like, right, my skin, like, starts to wrinkle and shrivel as I sing along to these tunes. Oh, God. And, and, That's so good. And the songs that I thought were okay, because I hate Christmas music so much, the songs that I thought were actually okay were the ones that just sound like Jimmy Buffett songs with, like, a couple of words replaced with Christmas-themed words. <laughs> and, I, and it really put it into perspective for me. I'm like, does, does Jimmy Buffett sound good? Or is it just in comparison to these shitty, shitty Christmas songs? That's remarkable. Like, when you put Christmas Island or Sailor's Christmas, like, which are shitty shitty jimmy buffett songs you put those next to jimmy buffett's horrible rendition of jingle bells that i can't even like fathom they seem like pretty decent songs next to that <laughs> and i found myself you know singing along like to to sailor's christmas like i memorized the chorus and was like getting into it and stuff and i'm like what the fuck is happening <laughs> Oh my god, that's amazing. And as far as I know, the only three James Buffett originals that some of them even were ghostwritten, but <laughs> uh, 
are Christmas <laughs> Island, Sailor's Christmas, and Ho 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 and a bottle of rum. What if I told you? Let me let me pull on the fucking Morpheus shades for a second. I, I did no I did no research, by the way. What if I told you that exactly one of those songs was a Jimmy Buffett original? A Sailor's Christmas? Yes. Because I'm looking at the credits on Wikipedia, and I'm seeing that J- Jimmy Buffett didn't write the other two. But they sound like Jimmy Buffett original. Were they written for him? No. No, no, no. Sailor's Christmas was written by Jimmy Buffett. Merry Christmas, Alabama, at the very end, is also written by Jimmy Buffett. Oh, I didn't see that one. Okay. Christmas Island is an old, I'm assuming, like, 50s tune. Oh. Because other people have covered that. Oh. Like, that's not just for him. I mean, the point is, it sounds like a Jimmy Buffett song. It, yeah, it's very much in his style. Like, it, as far as I am concerned, it's a Jimmy Buffett song. <laughs> also, Ho 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 and a Bottle of Rum, which is one of my favorite tracks on the album. Let me sure. go ahead and say that. Yeah, of course. It's also, it's written by the team that wrote Run Run Rudolph for oh. Chuck Berry. It's just like a, a like a, a Christmas music factory? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well that makes a lot of sense. Wait, what the fuck? <laughs> wait, 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 wait a second. I'm, I'm looking at the track list right now and I'm just like having like a Berenstein Bears moment. That song is called Run Rudolph Run. Yeah, I know, right? That's what also the fuck? like I I read that. Are you I don't with me? care. Like it's Run Run Rudolph cuz that's how the <laughs> like that's how it's sung. But what <laughs> I don't know what like it's Christmas music, all right? It doesn't have to make sense. It has to make dollars. I, I guess I could make the same complaint about John Lennon's Happy Xmas War is Over, which should be fucking yeah. called So This Is Christmas, not Happy Xmas, <laughs> the phrase which is never uttered in the goddamn song. That song sucks, by the way. Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett, notwithstanding. It's just, that's right. like a, a least favorite of mine. And, and and I should say, like, I generally can, like, be amicable and pretend to, you know, tolerate <laughs> songs like uh, I'll Be Home for Christmas, you know, like the crooner lounge style yeah yeah those are like fine i guess but jimmy buffett does nothing for those songs (laughs) so bad anyway so like here's the thing about jimmy buffett (laughs) there's many things it seems i think you're on the right track when you describe the process of like warming up to the songs that sounded most like jimmy buffett i think you're going down the right path here if there is one is that the right path that sounds like a dark path. yeah because the thing is like when when Jimmy Buffett does his best stuff, it's relatively good folksy storytelling kinds of songs right. that just have some decent lyrics and a, a good sort of melody to them. Like they're they're just generally good songs that fit his voice. And Christmas music doesn't fit anybody's fucking voice. Well, unless unless you're Bing Crosby. All right, yeah, all right, fine. Bing Crosby notwithstanding. <laughs> I'll give you that. Sure. <laughs> we'll make an exception for Ben Crosby. Okay, but good. in general, it's so much like this is stuff that you got to sing with like in a group or caroling or something or else <laughs> it's just like, why am I listening to this? Yeah. Like Christmas music to me is all about sharing. And it's going to sound so fucking schmaltzy, but here yeah. we are at the holiday episode. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a thing to be shared. It's a thing that you sing. For me, it's either in church or with family at the holidays or you're all gathered around a piano or a couple of guitars or something and you're belting out off key with a bunch of your friends and family like that's where holiday music shines not with someone in a studio (laughs) trying to produce something for you to recreate christmas yeah it's 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 so corporate yeah it's it's just like churned out and for for a quick buck i i hate it (laughs) (laughs) i guess i don't really have that experience you spoke of like with my family or whatever like we, we we never got into that. 
it's not universal, and I could totally get why people are get so sick of this, especially people in the retail profession, because you guys are the true fucking heroes of the holiday season. <laughs> well, not like you not only have to deal with more customers than any time, but you have to yep. deal with a higher density of Christmas music and the same Christmas music yes. than any human being alive. Like I've heard Happy Xmas way more times than I have ever wanted to hear it. And I'm like, at first, it, it, like hearing the cycle of Christmas music this year, I'm like, oh, you know, Happy Xmas, War is Over, John Lennon, blah, 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 it's pretty good. And then like a couple of days later, I'm like, kill me now, I never want to hear this song again. <laughs> right, this is the worst song that I've ever heard. Not just the worst Christmas song, but like, the worst song. Like, I hate children's choirs, dude. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. I don't care how well the children sing. If you're not Michael Jackson in the Jackson 5, I don't want to hear you. <laughs> or, or Annie or any something like that. Like, <laughs> I, I'm despaired. We could be on this all day. We need, we need to go okay. ahead and get into the track by track or else we'll be here all day. So starting off Christmas Island is Christmas Island. Yes. This is so, like, imagine the idea of Hawaii. Now, imagine the background music that you'd put into that as you're, like, opening the scene, like, pulling the curtains apart onto your scene of Hawaii. Yeah, it's literally... That's what this song has. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the lyrics here deal... Like, I've never... Like, I'd never heard this song before, this album. You, you said it's, like, a... a standard or whatever but not one of the big ones it's, it's not the most standard but yeah it's it's been around this song i kind of like got you know like he's talking about getting away from all the christmas stuff and like getting away from the snow and everything and going to this island Th this is literally just what jimmy buffett is isn't it, it it's escapism <laughs> yeah. from like your everyday That's life totally to it. a tropical paradise which a tropical paradise has never appealed to me personally but here I can like kind of get it because it's like Christmas sucks, <laughs> like like the with the snow and everything. Like you can just just like fuck it, go to an island. I'm like down with that. Yeah. See this this is the this is the singles Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna start to pick this apart now. This song is very indicative of the single style of Jimmy Buffett, where you hear like Margaritaville, Cheeseburger in Paradise. It's this fantasy. It's a tropical fantasy. Yeah. And this time it's just Christmas style. All of the hits that he has are get out of here, go somewhere else. Here's this place that you can go. It's tropical, it's warm, you can have fun. It's escapism for dads. That's like, I get that. And, and like here it, for whatever reason, resonates because it's about Christmas. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I would like to, yeah. <laughs> I would like to be anywhere other than Michigan in the exactly, winter. Exactly, yeah. Like, whew. There's not much else to say about that. Let's talk about Jingle Bells uh, if we have to. Okay, all right. You you definitely have some strong feelings <sighs> on Jingle Bells. Let's let's talk Jingle Bells. This is, I think, the second worst one. <laughs> okay, which is, cool. Like saying a lot. Th this whole thing is like this really bad like white reggae going on with like the steel <laughs> drums and the the fucking I don't know what that one drum is called, but you know the one that's like I don't yeah, know what that's yeah. called, but that like Jamaican drum sound. It's so shitty. And the, he's just singing Jingle Bells. It's just fucking Jingle Bells. Like, he doesn't even get the lyrics right. He says, oh, what fun it is to run. It's to ride, you stupid it's, motherfucker. It's not even just Jingle Bells, no, though. No, no, it's not. I'm getting to that. Because he adds his <laughs> own verse that's, like, the stupidest shit I've ever heard. Why would you write another <laughs> verse to Jingle Bells? That, I just... I'm dying. I'm gonna die. <laughs> Like, I, I just became so bottlenecked with things to say about this song, I just couldn't say them. No, I got you. Yeah, this this is... Okay, so this is where it kind of wears thin, 
because this is... That's putting it lightly. Like, if, if Christmas Island brings you to the tropical fantasy, Jingle Bells is like, God, there are a lot of fucking white people on this island, aren't there? <laughs> there are a lot more tourists yeah. than there are people on this island, aren't there? The, yeah, th- this is like, you're like trying to relax and this fucking guy comes over with his fucking steel drums and starts singing jingle bells at you and you're like go away like <laughs> and the way he sings it isn't even like appealing like he's he's like jingle bells jingle bells jingle bells the way and it's like fuck off like what are you trying to do i've heard you sing better than just sing it normal sing it like a fucking human being <laughs> jesus christ all right here's here's another layer on the the fucking onion that is jimmy buffett all right <laughs> The first song tells you that his music is all about escapism. His second song grips you by the shoulders, brings you in real tight and close and says, it's not escapism for you, motherfucker. You're in here with me. (laughs) Oh, God. It's escapism for me. I can do whatever I want in here. (laughs) So... The, the the verse he adds. Uh, oh oh, and he really also says he also this? says, "Oh what fun on Jaws cool run." In a one horse open. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. And he says, so so the the verse he adds. He says, "A day or two ago, I thought I'd take a run to Port Antonio. I'd be cruising in the sun. The radio was loud. The chicken jerked and fried. Jerked and fried." And all I had to do that day was drive on the left side. Oh, Jingle Bells. Fuck off. <laughs> fuck you, Jimmy Buff. Go fuck yourself. I... Isn't this also the one where he talks about Santa Rasta? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I might have yeah. just blocked that from my mind. Okay, so there's a part in the song. See, I can do this without notes because I heard this enough. There's a part in the song where the marimbas kind of take over. And it's like, do, 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 do. And then he just does like a spoken word thing about... Uh, Santa Rasta, and <laughs> that wasn't in the lyrics that I was looking at that I just looked up. So I, I kind of pretended that wasn't there. I got to dredge that back up for you. <laughs> yeah, thank it. you. I appreciate it. <laughs> That's not. There's worse though. There's worse. It's it's so goofy, <sighs> and like if you dig goofy shit like that, then absolutely go for it. But don't get me wrong. Like the the two worst songs of this album, I would show to all my friends and have a good laugh. Because I just, that's how I cope with this, you know? Like, they're so, so, they're funny how bad they are, to be honest, but not, like, in a good way that you want to hear it. This, this is the awesome dichotomy that we get, because, like, we were talking about this before the show. When we listen to stuff for the actual show, where we're listening it off the list, we gotta be, like, analytical and really in-depth about it and, like, figuring out what they're trying to say. This is Christmas music. Yeah, dog. They're, they're only trying to say, I'm making $5 off this record. <laughs> they're not saying shit. Like, <laughs> you can just go and slam it as hard as you want, because if you said that to the artist, they'd be like, I know. <laughs> like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't write this for you. Exactly. I wrote this for me. <laughs> it, it's understand. It's, like, reasonable... It doesn't mean it's not garbage. Let's get on to something that is marginally less garbage. Let's get on to A Sailor's Christmas. Yeah, to Greener Pastures for a moment. This is a song that is written by Jimmy Buffett. And it sounds, like you said, the most like a typical Jimmy Buffett song. This, if Christmas Island is the hits of Jimmy Buffett, A Sailor's Christmas feels like the album material for Jimmy Buffett. Mm. When I say that I dig some of Jimmy Buffett's albums, this is the kind of stuff that I'm getting at. It's regular, like, simple folk rock western, gulf and western chord progressions 
Like, this isn't complicated. The vast majority of Jimmy Buffett's discography, you can play if you play the guitar for maybe a month. They're, they're just chords. <laughs> it's simple. The, the range on the vocals isn't huge, but the lyrical content is not just about escapism, but also about just, like, life and feelings of different parts of life. Yeah, like, this song's actually, like, good, which is crazy that I can't believe I'm saying this. Like, th- this is the one I found myself singing along the most to, because, like, it, it just does work, like, it, and it's got, like, that, you know, da-da-da-da, now work today, let's blah-blah, you know, and I'm like... Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's kind of nice, I don't know. It's got just enough cheer, and then, like, I really like the parts where the chords go a little bit more minor, or a little bit more darker. Yeah. Because it's like, it gives, it gives that sort of parallel... Where he's singing about being cheerful and, like, this is how I celebrate the holidays. But it's really more about, like, a tra- it's still about a transient life. Yeah. It's still about somebody who's hopping from harbor to harbor and doesn't really have one place to call home. So that's mirrored in the music. And, like, you can tell by how analytical that I'm getting on this. That this <laughs> is a well-constructed song. I honestly wish we could just review this song for the whole episode. For, for Just review <laughs> this for an hour. Just... So today we're going to be reviewing the song A Sailor's Christmas by James Buffett. (laughs) See, the next time that I pull out a Jimmy Buffett album for a penalty game, like, I'll try and make it something that has the most of this. Like, I'll I'll aim for this. You just said the next time I pull out another Jimmy Buffett penalty game. Oh, you think this is going to be the last one? There's no fucking way this is going to be the last time we talk about Jimmy Buffett on this show. There's no way you're getting out of that. Dude, I'm like 22 years old. (laughs) Wait, am I? Am I 21? Ah, fuck it. But, I don't know. But, fuck it. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this song and this album have just got you losing the flow of time. It's gone. Like, I wish I could contribute more to this song so we could just keep talking about it, but we do have to move on. Like, just cap it off and reiterate, this is one of my favorite songs of the album. It's probably one of the best songs on the album. It's one of the only good songs on the album. Yeah, and uh, the, the stuff that gets away from traditional Christmas fare in a lot of ways is what makes a Christmas album stand out. You can do the same old songs like you can do the same six songs that everybody does on their christmas album and like congratulations you you've made a dollar yeah (laughs) but like this is the kind of stuff that really tells me that he's still trying to be a songwriter in some of these ways and whether or not it succeeds let me tell you that jimmy buffett owns every single song on this album oh yeah he does it for better or for worse (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, like, whether or not you you like it, all of these songs are Jimmy Buffett's songs. When he gets into the more original stuff, that's where it succeeds, and I think that's telling. Yeah, I think so. But, then we got songs... Where he doesn't succeed <laughs> is War is Over. Happy Christmas. Happy Xmas. So, I hate this song in the first place. I love John Lennon. Yeah. And the Beatles and whatever the fuck. I don't, I never like, I mean, I liked for a while. I thought maybe this is like one of the better Christmas songs. And then I heard it a bunch of times and now I'm like, no, it's not. It does not have the honor of being one of the few Christmas songs I can tolerate. This is pretty much a straight cover. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing has changed about this one. There are other songs that get a little bit changed. 
I, I guess I'm gonna have to rescind my earlier one. He doesn't really own this. I was one. literally gonna say like, do, like does he like? There's this and and uh, Ron Rudolph run, which seem kind of just bland. Like just he just did them. Yeah, they're a little bit more straightforward. If you've heard the song "Happy Xmas Wars Over" by John Lennon, you've heard "Happy Xmas Wars Over" by Jimmy Buffett. Pretty much, you get like a slightly less good singing voice <laughs> and different production. <laughs> it's very so slightly, and a different children's choir that is not better. Yeah, not even. Did I mention I hate children's choirs? <laughs> I don't make exceptions for children's choirs that I would for regular choirs. <laughs> like, if you're just all singing the same notes, what are you doing here? Why isn't there just one child? <laughs> like, harmonize. I would love that if it was just one child just singing, like, sheepishly in the background. <laughs> That'd be a lot funnier, actually. Not like a, like a classically trained, like, professional singer child, like like a Michael Jackson or anything. Just, like, just right, a child. Right, but, like, one member of a children's exactly. choir, which is just pile as many children into the same room as you can get. Yeah, I think the only time I ever enjoyed a children's choir was in the, the last part of Godzilla, where it was used for dramatic effects. Godzilla 1950. <laughs> <laughs> which is incredible that, that that scene is actually really beautiful and moving and i'm like wow this children's choir is killing it but that's way way besides the point because <laughs> yeah because we can't talk anymore about happy christmas war is over because it's it's just it's there. i'm like trying to like cope with this by talking about good things like godzilla 1954 <laughs> which is one of the best movies of all time i'm like i know i'm just kidding myself because i'm gonna have to talk about shitty christmas we music. gotta power through this let's go on to up on the house oh boy Okay, so if Jingle Bells is the love letter to white boy reggae, up on the housetop, this cover is a love letter to surf rock. And not even, like, Beach Boys surf rock, but, like, imagine if you found a guy on the beach yeah, just... who was surfing and said, I need you to sing on my album real quick. Yeah, it's, like, a straight-up just a fucking beach bum <laughs> walked over and he's like, Hey, man, you recording an album? Uh, Can I be on it, man? It's like uh, okay, and it's like no, don't, don't, don't let him over here. You don't, you don't know where he's been. You don't know where he's been. <laughs> let me let me add something to the narrative here. It's it, as if he went to the beach, picked up a random surfer guy, got him to sing, had him do one take, and said, "No, it's not enough of a farce." <laughs> it's and horrible. then paid a Hollywood actor <laughs> to play a beach bum. And that's exactly. I mean, it's it's so it's Jimmy Buffett doing a surfer dude voice. And it's like yeah, it's a character. It's so fucking cringy. I can't even believe it. Like at first, I was like, "Oh, this." He does like the intro, and he's like, "Hey, man, it's Christmas. All right, dude, Christmas is for sure." And and I I gotta say, the only thing worse than surfer slang is '90s surfer slang is just like surfer slang mixed with '90s slang, which is like I I actually really like '90s <laughs> slang, like. I've been marathoning the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, so I've been kind of just, like, picking it up and adding it to my speech, and people, like, look at me weird when I say <laughs> st- when I say stuff, like, decent as in excellent. Or, or like, peep this, you know? But... <laughs> <laughs> so he does this intro, and I thought he was just doing the silly voice for the intro. And then, like, this, like... Like, the, the actual instrumentation here is, like, kind of awesome. And, like, it's, like, cool yeah, surf rock, yeah. you know? Which makes it even worse that the song sucks so bad. Because he does that fucking <laughs> surfer voice for the whole song. He's like, up on a house tap, click, click, click. And it's like, can you, can, can you be trying any harder? It's like parody Bob Dylan, too. You just, like, the way that you did that, I was like, oh my god, that's parody that, Bob Dylan. That was Dylan. what I thought when I was, like, listening to it. I was like, when I do an impression of this, it's going to sound like I'm doing a Bob Dylan impression. Because <laughs> he's just like... Up on a house tab, ring the apart. Under the chimney, Santa Claus. It's like, 
<laughs> you saying that is gonna be my fucking ringtone now because that is so so good <laughs> and, and, and like between verses like the the instrumentation like it's good again and it's like oh man it like sounds like something that i might remotely consider listening to right because you hear that guitar and it's just like he's doing the dick oh that's great and then and he does the fucking like surfer dude like spoken word little things in between verses yeah he does chatter yeah and it's the worst he's just like like oh yeah tubular man oh yeah dude okay i meant to look this up but uh i'm gonna check it right now jimmy buffett's birthday yeah yeah his birthday is on christmas i thought so because at the end of the song he's like Oh yeah, dude! It's your birthday. It's my birthday too. I'm like, oh my god, are you fucking serious? His birthday's on Christmas. <laughs> Is Jimmy Buffett telling the truth yeah. right now? Yeah, and he was. He was. I I really had like a perverse like hope that he was telling the truth, and it, he delivered. He and his dad were both born on Christmas, which makes Jimmy Buffett the most mythical human being <laughs> alive. He's got he's got a lore. He 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 probably like you know the 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 movie the Santa Claus which funny enough I've written Christmas songs about two of the movies in that series. Jimmy Buffett prob- like that's probably a true story based on Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> right? Like he like put on the yeah. Santa suit and became Santa. That's probably true. I believe it. All right, we gotta we gotta keep going. We are halfway through this album. Well, now. luckily, there's not a whole lot to say about most of them. Yeah, Melikalinkimaka is the next song on this. It's it's all right. Yeah, it's okay. It's, it's a classic uh, Hawaiian themed Christmas tune. It's it's your f- classic Feliz Navidad situation where it's just Merry Christmas in another language. <laughs> That's literally yes, the whole song. Exactly. The Melekalikimaka is the Wednesday. It works with his style because he fucking plays island music. Yeah. Next so, song. Yeah, literally there's like nothing to say. Although interestingly, Melekalikimaka is literally the English phrase Merry Christmas, like transliterated into Hawaiian. Huh. Because they don't have they don't have S or R. Right, right, because it's uh pigeon. So they, they have their very limited set of syllables and they turn it into Melekalikimaka. So we got to Run Rudolph Run, which is apparently fucking called Run Rudolph Run and not called Run Run Rudolph. That's the only thing I've taken away from this whole thing. It's like a Berenstein Bears situation where it's fucking called Run Run Rudolph. (laughs) Never does he say Run Rudolph Run. So Run Run Rudolph was originally played by Chuck Berry. Which is awesome. It It was a great song. Yeah, it was good. And there was a song that he wrote or he had later on that was like Little Queenie or something like that, which is just this melody, but with non-Christmas lyrics on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> which is amazing, because that's the best thing that I've ever heard. Just like de Christmas music. You can totally do that. It's your own music. Yeah, it's like... That's perfect. But yeah, again, there's not a whole lot to this one. This is another one where he doesn't own it as much. It's still sort of his rock and roll kind of style. Is it his rock and roll style? I mean, I think it's just... It's not really. I mean... It's just Ron Ron Rudolph. Buffett's style does range into this kind of stuff sometimes. Like, when he gets away from the strictly country and golf stuff... It, this is the kind of rock and roll that he does end up playing, but it's still a ripoff of Chuck Berry. Ultimately, yeah. I mean, he does a decent job for what it's worth. It's th- it's still just that Christmas song. Now, a Christmas song by, weirdly enough, the same songwriting team that wrote Run Run Rudolph is Ho 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 and a Bottle of Rum, which 
feels like a Jimmy Buffett song. I, yeah, I thought it was. It's got clever enough writing, I think. It's like the Jimmy Buffett brand of escapism, but it's about Santa Claus. It's literally like about Santa Claus escaping to an island and getting away from his work. It, it's literally the subject matter of the Jimmy Buffett catalog. Like, Jimmy Buffett found this and was like, how did I not write this? <laughs> like, how is this not one of mine? Yeah. Which is why he did it. Exactly. And it works pretty well. Like, I, I pretty much enjoyed this one. It's got some good energy to it. I like the lyricism in some parts of it. I mean, it's not great, but it tries, at least. Like, there's nowhere where I'm just like, why did you force this rhyme? Or why why does this, like, why does this, it's like, there's no part of that. It's just like, oh, yeah, it's a Christmas song and it does okay. And, like, the concept is novel enough because no one really talks about what Santa, like, Sa Santa, assuming he is a human being. I mean, he's like a mythical figure, right? Well, yeah, for certain definitions of <laughs> We all know he comes to our house every year on Christmas. Right, right. I meant like... Like, that's not up for debate. Like, our, our, our perception of him is mythical. Right, yes. Yeah, we subscribe to the idea that he's a myth. We, you know, we have this pretense, but, I mean, we obviously we all know he he's real and he comes to our house and... Yes, exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's what we're all saying, 27. Sure, sure. Okay. Uh, this is like a bad Santa song if the concept of bad Santa didn't suck balls. Yeah, honestly, like, that's literally, like, it, it's literally, it's like Santa getting away from his work and relaxing, and it's like, yeah, he deserves it, because he's fucking Santa. So many bad Santa things are like, what if Santa said shit? <laughs> Let Santa say fuck. Right. And this is just like, what if Santa got a fucking break for once? Let him drink. Yeah, he needs it. He works hard. Yes, he does. National hero Santa Claus. National American hero Santa Claus. So the next one is I'll Be Home for Christmas. And uh, like all the other regular Carol stuff on this, it just kind of is. I'll just nip this one in the bud. This is, th th this is the one song that's uh, shared between the two albums we're doing. So now we won't have to do another punishment game immediately <laughs> after this. Thank goodness we built in such that we don't have nesting dolls of Buffett. <laughs> I mean, they're both Christmas albums. I think that's like, like how strong of a connection do we need? <laughs> Can you imagine if we both pick penalty game albums and then they have nothing in common? <laughs> we have to keep going. Right. The rest of this podcast is just penalty games and we completely devolve from our original premise. <laughs> both of these albums have the letter A. A in the title. But one of the A's has an umlaut. No! Ah, shit! Uh, 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 both albums have a song at a tempo of 120 beats per minute. <laughs> yeah. Wait, yeah, but counts, this one right? has a tempo change in the middle. Fuck, no! Oh, no! I'll Be Home for Christmas exists on this album. Next song, Merry Christmas, Alabama, Never Far From Home. This is the final song in the album. And it's, right. it's another handwritten song by Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, it's pretty It's okay. Good. I mean, it's... It's about all of the places that you call home for Christmas. This is a more, a more landlocked Buffett tune. <laughs> I gotta because pretend like I know what I'm talking about. Always, no, because he always thinks about islands. and this He's talking <laughs> about states. <laughs> we are one album deep into this podcast and you are already lost your mind. <laughs> He's talking about the continental United States in this one. He does, but not all of them. He gets like four. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it, the song would be too long if he said all of them. Uh, <laughs> so this song is pretty good. It's a, a nice little country twang tune. It's kind of, it's like nice and stuff. How I don't know how to talk about this. <laughs> I mean, like, this is... You get a decent range of Buffett on this album, which is also why I kind of like it in general. Not just from all of the unobjective points. But as a sampler of the artist's work, this does okay. I guess, yeah. See, now, dear listener, you gotta understand that this is the album that broke 27. 
I think we can do a pretty good wrap up on it right now. It's, it exists. If you like Jimmy Buffett, you'll probably like this album. If you don't like Jimmy Buffett, good luck. If you don't like Christmas music, why are you here? Don't do what we've done. But this is the album that broke 27, and it can't break me because I've I've been through it too many times. I've become annulled to any sort of surprises. You're unbreakable. The next album on our episode today, A Twisted Christmas, left me a shell of a man. <laughs> you you were you were Bruce Willis for the first album, and now you're Samuel L. Jackson. Yes, that's exactly correct. And unbreakable. And it's a that's a film reference. <laughs> so after this short break, we're going to come back and we will review A Twisted Christmas by Twisted Sister. Please, if you can bear it, stay tuned. special Christmas episode of Album Club 500. We're now on to the second album in our list. Very short two-album list. A Twisted <laughs> Christmas by Twisted Sister. Our list of bad, bad Christmas albums. Our list of penalty games. <laughs> yeah. This album is hair metal Christmas. Yeah. So, like, the Jimmy Buffett one had, like, some value. Like, there's some good stuff on it and, like, some original stuff. This has nothing. There's... <laughs> the only thing original on it is the the tenth track, the last track, uh, Heavy Metal Christmas, and trust me, we'll fucking get to that. What really breaks my heart about this album is that there are so many opportunities and so many moments where choices were made that was like, do we want to, like, write music? Yeah. <laughs> nah! Like, yeah, like, sometimes there's, like, the faintest hint of, like, this might be good. Like, this might be something that has artistic value. <laughs> in the back half of the album there are specific moments where that happens and you can pinpoint the time where i'm listening to it where i lose my goddamned mind <laughs> where i just become less of a human being after certain moments you're up on the housetop moment <laughs> <laughs> yes yes so uh just to give context if you're not familiar with twisted sister they were an 80s hair metal band or glam metal um which is basically uh hard rockers who get so so deep into machismo and masculinity that they kind of loop back up and become feminine and they start basically cross-dressing in order to shock people and make christian parents hate them so that more rebellious kids will buy their music where in reality they're yes. trying to sound rebellious, but they're like it's it's basically a huge front for a corporate scam. Hair metal is extremely invested in the idea of being heavy metal. Yeah. Without actually being heavy metal. <laughs> it's, it's really like you compare it to like any real metal music, and this is hard rock. It's pop. But <laughs> Yeah, it's so frustrating. It's got like the, the sleaze aesthetic of like partying and drugs and 
you know, it has that whole, like, rebellious, like, shocking, ooh, like, cross-dressing, like, they're wearing lipstick. But there's no, like, real emotion underneath. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nothing. It's, <laughs> like, real heavy metal music is about some kind of emotion or some kind of, like, feeling like a human might have. <laughs> like, Black Sabbath songs, even when they use that satanic or otherwise, like, dark imagery it's all in the interest of like exploring feelings of negativity it's all filtering it through the lens of like religion and religious imagery to explore these emotions through the music whereas hair metal doesn't give a shit about emotion unless it's party yeah partying sexing drugsing dressing like a girl like there's literally no reason that they do that other than for appealing to the female crowd who finds that attractive at the time and making Christian moms write angry letters to them so that the kids will want to listen to them more so that they sell more records. Like, it's 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 so corporate. It's ridiculous. Like, if you're using the idea of a man dressing up as a woman as your shock value cash-in thing, that's just gross. Uh, like, and, and it even continues beyond hair metal, because then you have people like Marilyn Manson who do it. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a thing. It's supposed to be this like rebellious, like fuck the system thing. But honestly, it's, it's so exploitative. Yeah. Like you can't be a rebel when you're sitting on piles of cash, my dude. There's nothing radical about this. It's, it's, it's stupid. And the music's not that good either. So, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's some, there's some stuff like Motley Crue had some good songs and there's other bands that had good songs like Winger and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And there's moments, but the whole thing, it was a phase, you know, it's, it's nothing. (laughs) There's a reason that really only some of the hits survived out of this. Like I would be a bold-faced liar if I said that I couldn't get into I Want to Rock and We're Not Gonna Do Oh, sure. I mean, they're they're anthems. They're built to be anthems, and... They're they're big, they're fun to yell. Like, that's... I'm I'm sorry. That's where it is. Well, sure. I mean, exactly. That's what they're for. And and I'll always love the uh, SpongeBob movie version of I Want to Rock, which is I'm a Goofy Goober. Yeah! <laughs> I'm a Goofy Goober! Rock! That, yeah, that was amazing. But that's besides the point, as we often yeah, let's, do. We, we gotta talk about A Twisted Christmas. We gotta. So, we open up with Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Yeah. And it starts off in a way that gives me almost hope. Like, it almost gave me hope at the very beginning of this. Because, like, it starts off with an acoustic guitar and D. Snyder singing... Like, it, it feels constructed. Like, it feels like a constructed singing voice. Yeah. D. Snyder is actually, like, a competent singer, as as many people of this genre were. They're all competent musicians, at, at the very least. Right. I can agree with that. But, like, it starts off, and it sounds like almost an actor singing <laughs> the the typical version of this. Well, and it's so out of character for D. Snyder, too, that it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just like, oh my god, is this going to be, like, some sort of vulnerable heart <laughs> moment? Like, are we going to have a real emotion here? And then... Are we seeing the softer Twisted Sister? And then some guy comes in, and I hate this guy <laughs> for what he so did. <laughs> I hate him, because he's just like, what is this? Yeah. What's this? What is this shit? This isn't... <laughs> what is this? This isn't metal. This isn't Twisted Sister. And I gotta say, folks, Jake is not, like, exaggerating. And then... It, this is Twisted Sister! And then there's, like, just this plodding, stupid drumbeat. I can barely <laughs> characterize this drumbeat as anything other than 
unthinking. <laughs> it's just like... Yeah. And then D. Snyder, like you hear the transit, you hear the transformation of D. <laughs> Snyder from acoustic singer to the guy on the front of the fucking album. Yeah. And, and I gotta say, like, I kind of love D. Snyder's, like, uh, his, uh, like, reaction to this guy, like, telling him to stop. And, and he's like, he's just like, oh, he's like, what? Oh. Uh- Oh, okay. Oh, I see. We're doing that. Okay, gotcha. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like he forgot. You hear him. <laughs> he forgot what Twisted Sister is for a minute. <laughs> right. And this is this is where it all starts to fall apart at the intro of track one. Because he's like, that's right. We don't do anything normal. We do everything twisted. And then proceeds to deliver the most normal ass hair metal version <laughs> the of this song that I have ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the worst thing about this is that it's all like lounge singer, like Bing Crosby type crooner Christmas tunes for the most part. Which, of all the songs you could arrange into a heavy metal form, why have yourself a Merry Little Christmas? <laughs> yeah. Why, like, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas? Like, ah. <laughs> and the, the other part that I hate about it is that he only gets through, like, the first verse before dipshit comes in to stop his acoustic. Yeah. <laughs> and then he does the first verse again. Which you could have just continued. <laughs> And then, after they do the first verse, and then the bridge, and then the second verse, the tempo increases, and they play the entire song again! Yeah, uh, that's one thing about this album, is uh, it, it, it has a short runtime, but, like, a lot of these songs are, like, over four minutes when they should be three. Like, absolutely have no ex- no business not being more than three. Like, I'd put them at, like, 245 at most. Yeah. Because, like... There's so many, like, I look at these three-minute songs, and I hear how much they repeat stuff, and part of it is you can attribute it to the fact that hair metal is definitely faster tempo than any of these songs usually are supposed to be played at. And sometimes they fill it up with solos, which is fine, but for the most part, it's just like, let's just do the verse again. Yep. Play it again, boys. Let's just go. I'm so done. (laughs) Yeah. I just wanted to end. (laughs) It's bad. This review has a a lot of... um... Us saying, like, uh <laughs> That's the thing I think we've said the most. I said it, like, uh, eight times in the Jimmy Buffett one. That's that's probably like, right. Like, uh Oh, also, <laughs> this, this song, this first song starts up the lovely tradition of almost all of the songs on this album of stealing from other songs. Yeah, which is great. <laughs> there's instances of parody, and there's instances of paying tribute to, and then there's just grand larceny, <laughs> which is what it's occurring on this album. So in between run number two and three of the song, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, there's this, like, when it goes up-tempo, there's like, ho, 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 let's go. And it's like, okay, cool, Blitzkrieg Bob, just take it here, I guess. I'm just going to use that. I I guess that's fine (laughs) because, you know, you're metal and they're... Pop punk. Punk rock? (laughs) Like, Like, yeah. This album (laughs) has so much, like... We're all in this together. Like, we're all part of the metal genre. And there's so many times where I want to just go up to Deep Snyder and go, No, my dude! You're not! You're, you're just not. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, that's really nice and all that you're trying to foster this sense of community, but you can't do this! You don't have the right! I have a a, a point to, to, to drive the whole hair metal thing home even further. 
Hair metal is the new metal of the 80s. Oh my god, you're right. right. That's like literally what it is. It's just like corporate oh rebellion. Oh my god. Sound like you're rebellious so that kids will buy your music and so the parents will hate it so they'll buy it more. Oh my god, you're right. Get, get that coveted uh, parental warning label on it. Yeah. All right. That's that's <laughs> as much as I can take on the first song. <laughs> yeah. The second song on this album is O Come All You Faithful, and this is the only song that has any business being on a Twisted Sister Christmas album. It's actually remarkable, because when you realize why this song is here, it will kind of blow your mind a little bit. What happened was, the song We're Not Gonna Take It by Twisted Sister is based on O Come All Ye Faithful, the traditional... Christmas hymn. Mm-hmm. And this rendition is O Come All Ye Faithful in the style of We're Not Gonna Take It. Because they have the same melody. Right. But, like, also the way that the verses are organized and the way that, like, th- this is also a problem with it. I'll get back to it. <laughs> but the way that the song is structured is, hey, you know how O Come All Ye Faithful has all of these, other, like, it's got a part one and a part two to the verses? Right. Why don't we just shove all the verses together because that's how we're not going to take it works. (laughs) And then we'll put the choruses in where the bridge usually goes. It's it's a mess. (laughs) You can't do this. You can't do this to me and you can't do this to music. (laughs) How dare you tarnish the good name of O Come All You Faithful. At the very least, they're stealing from their se- themselves here. Yeah, so, like, they are. I can't be that mad. I mean, the, this track is literally a, a joke. Like, it's a goof because the songs sound... They're, they're so similar, like... And somehow, like, you never realize that you, we're not gonna take it is just Oh Come All You Faithful with shitty hair metal lyrics on it. <laughs> I sound like I've hated this album since the very beginning. I didn't hate this album the first time that I No, it sounds to fun it. at first. Like, it's like, Yeah, it's right. very fun, and it's novel, and, like, going back and looking up, wait, is that just, oh, it, it oh, that's, that's funny. Yeah. That's clever. <laughs> that is a goof. And it is. That, I mean, it's a, it's a good goof. That's a clean gag you've made there, boys. Then, when I go back and listen to the song, and be like, okay, where is, where are all the parts? <laughs> all of the verses are right there. <laughs> They're all right there up front, and it's so, like... I wrote down in my notes here, how many times can you play the first verse of a song before you want to vomit? (laughs) And it's this many. We have the same problem in the first two songs on this album. This is the event horizon of the uh, verse repetition limit. Yeah. It's right there. Oh, God. So I can't fault this version of O Come All You Faithful otherwise. Like, it's there. It's fine. It's got a solo. I think I don't care. Let's move on. It's a goof gag. It's a goof gag. And it works for first listening. It is. This is probably the most successfully executed song on the album. Yeah. It's all down fucking hill from here. Yeah. We got White Christmas. Oh, wait. Wait. Yeah. There's one more thing that I have to say about O Come All You Faithful. Oh, boy. Hava Nagila at the end? Yeah. They they do play Hava Nagila at the end. And I think... Hold on. I, I don't want to get this wrong. Yeah. I think D. Snyder... I know exactly yeah, what you're checking. Yeah, D. Snyder's Jewish. D. Snyder is Jewish. <laughs> sure. Fuck it. Christmas. All right. This... Hold on. This is this is starting to come together for me. <laughs> because you know who else has one of the most iconic Christmas albums that I've ever heard in my life? Neil Diamond? Neil Diamond, the Jewish Elvis. <laughs> I knew you were going there because we talked about this. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. It's such a cash-in! It wouldn't just be that, but also I heard Neil Diamond talking about Christmas albums on NPR at one point. Like, they went and interviewed him. Oh, really? Yeah. And he was like, 
Now, obviously, Neil Diamond does not speak for all Jewish people here. I'll put that caveat there. Yeah. But the way that he described it is that there's this idealized version of what I must assume is secular Christmas. Sure. December Ween. Right. That you're cordoned away from in a Jewish household, such that when songwriters get out of that and into the world and doing their own thing, they want to take part in that Christmas spirit and doing these kinds of albums is a way to do it. Okay. And now as a Gentile, as a non-Jewish person, that's, that's valid. That's totally like, sure. Yeah. (laughs) I I get that. Like on a religious standpoint, I do not fault any Jewish people for making a Christmas album because that's like totally fine. I have no business to do that. But at the same time, as a person who likes music though, (laughs) as a heavy metal fan and a person who appreciates music, what is this? But at the same time, I was going to say, I don't think that's the reason Twisted Sister made a Christmas album. I think it's more like because they had become like one of the most washed up two hit wonder (laughs) bands of that era. Yeah, this is their last studio album. (laughs) And it is now 2006 and they are struggling, (laughs) struggling after two like commercial failures of albums to to come up with something that people want to hear. Like, right? Like, it has nothing. I got to figure that's it. And, and I feel like them putting Havana Aguila there is just, like, them having some fun. Like, hey, we're, I'm Jewish. <laughs> like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, like, that's that's also that's kind of That's kind of tight, yeah. I, I mean, like, that. I did love that a lot at the end of this when I figured it out. I was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> but it is, like, there, and it's another part of the fever dream that is this album. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's, it doesn't make it any better. Yeah. Yeah. So, White Christmas. What did they steal from here? Because, like, I heard the riff, and it sounded to me like an Iron Maiden riff of some kind. No, it's uh, it, it's it's from I Wanna Rock. They're, they're stealing from themselves oh. again. It's, like, really kind of subtle. Really? Yeah. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't even sound like it at that point. No, they, this is, like, the one time they actually kind of, like, successfully integrated it <laughs> into being wow. a thing. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's like, huh. this song is actually fine. Uh, it's, it's whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know, the, the parts where, I mean, again, like you said, this is a crooner song, so, like, yeah. it doesn't fit, no. obviously, but they kind of work it? When D. Snyder hits that top of the range, like, oh yeah, he fucking goes for it, like, that worked out well. Yeah, he's got the vocals down, for sure, and the instrumental in this thing is a little bit, it's kind of punk, even, uh, they do, like, the yeah. fast, you know, kind of driving punk beat kind of thing but it's also yeah. metal and hard rock and they kind of yeah this song is kind of fine it, it's pretty fun as a novelty yeah <laughs> i will say that the they use this rhythm a lot for some of the later songs like there are two songs back to back that have like almost this exact same rhythm yeah i noticed that, that. Just like, yeah the gallop yeah when i was like just like kind of clicking through these songs last night to just kind of remember what they sound like you know just listen to a couple seconds of each <laughs> yeah yeah. You could string them together and it would sound like the same song. <laughs> They're like all in the same key and all of like <laughs> close to the same tempo and like oh my god, yeah. it's it's yeah. it's all the same shit. Cuz I mean, how do you translate these songs to a hard rock heavy metal genre? Yeah. It's like there's only so much you can do with that without going cra- <laughs> like super crazy to the point where no one's going to want to hear it at all and you Well, like I don't know cuz honestly like, I'd love to see them try. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I'd much rather see them try than do this again. <laughs> I know at least uh, Twisted Sister's first album is, like, critically 
acclaimed, like it was an actual heavy metal album before they did the whole yeah. hair metal thing. I feel like they're like the kind of corporate sellouts where they could be doing interesting things if they wanted to. They just don't. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have much else on this song. Nope. So we got <laughs> I'll Be Home for Christmas. Okay, so this one this one threw me for a loop. Um, yeah. I think the thing that's being stolen here is the rhythm from Home Sweet Home by Motley Crue. Yeah. I, th- I think that's what they're taking. Because it's got sort of that, like, uh, it's not bouncy, but it's got sort of like a like a skip in its step. Yeah, I get In ya. some ways, rhythm. That just reminded me of Home Sweet Home. So at least with that, I was like, okay, that's, that's relatively clever. You're still committing theft. <laughs> but uh, it's... It's at least clever theft. <laughs> I love your emphasis. <laughs> I, I'm theft, a theft of force. Theft word. with a capital T at the end. <laughs> it's like a Metallica situation where you have the the first and last letter capitalized in yes. your logo. It's like a capital yes, T exactly. and a capital T at the end. <laughs> uh, so Lita Ford is on this song. She is. I forgot that. I got really set because like. Lita Ford was here, and I'm like, Lita! Yeah, she's Lita, awesome. you're here! You're doing really well! <laughs> and it. then she went away, and I was like, no, Lita, no! Don't go! Don't leave me with them! Yeah, Lita loves doing duets with metal dudes, but this is this one's a Christmas song. Like, she does really well, and I miss her, but <laughs> it's still not great. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, it's just, it's just nothing. Yeah, unfor- like, unfortunately... It's really not much of anything. It is. I'll be home um, for Christmas with loud, distorted guitars and heavy drums. Is, is that all? <laughs> is this our shortest track review? <laughs> but next up is Silver Bells. This is this is just ACDC. It's, yeah, it's literally... Like, I, I took... This is my thought process when I heard the song. I was like, oh, that's ACDC. Yeah. What song is that? I don't care. It is Problem Child, but... <laughs> it is an ACDC song that they're stealing it the music from. It felt just like so generally ACDC that I was just oh, yeah. like, I don't, I don't care what this is. <laughs> yeah, it, This is the part where I started to go downhill on this album, where it was starting to just completely wear on my psyche. However, uh, oh man, actually, <laughs> here's the problem with me not taking notes on this shit. I don't remember if it was this track or Let It Snow. I feel like it was Let It Snow. But one of them had like a dope ass like bass solo at the end where the bass was just going nuts. Um, like I think it was probably this one. Yeah, I feel like it was. At least when I took my notes for Let It Snow, I had far, far more things to say about that one in all sorts of other ways. Yeah, but like this one has like some some like actual like hard rock goodness in it. Like there's a yeah. like an instrumental break yeah. where like they're just playing riffs and solos and the solos are pretty cool. And it's like, oh man, I'm like listening to real music. Yeah, every so often a solo slips through. Every so often there's a bit of instrumental like goodness that I'm like, why isn't this here for the rest of it? Yeah. <laughs> Where, why did you save this for like 15 seconds in the middle of the song <laughs> and then just like pull me back out of it? It's like, oh, this is actually a thing. But, oh, okay, I guess you're done. Back to this. Okay. That's what most of this feels like. I'm going to go ahead and lump in uh, I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus because this is basically the same song. Yeah. Like, they just treat it as basically the same song. (laughs) But I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus has the riff from You've Got Another Thing Coming by Judas Priest in it. Right. That's right. And it, like, has the rhythm, you know, the... Yes. And they they play that riff straight up. They just use it. (laughs) 
See, the problem that I have with all of these songs running together is that they do those riffs every so often, but then, like, when they get to the actual Christmas stuff, they just, like, have just a really regular beat, and it's basically the chords. Yeah, it's so generic. It's the riff finding its way to the chords for the song, and then when the verse kicks in, it's like, okay, now we just play the chords for the song. Yeah. And then when we get to the end of the verse, solo! That's, like, the problem I've had with, like, a lot of... Because, like, you know, there's always that internet thing that where, like, people will share, like, oh, check out this awesome heavy metal version of the legend of zelda or like or like any <laughs> anything basically it's like oh the fucking yeah this this pop tune but it's a metal version you know it's like katie perry yeah, but metal. quick sidebar there was a time in my life where i got stuck on google late one night and tried to find as many different metal covers of the darkwing duck theme song as i could holy shit holy shit and I had oh zero time for any cover that didn't give proper adherence to Let's Get Dangerous. Oh my god. Yeah, I can only imagine. Like, you've got to do it, like, so awesome. Like, like what results did this yield? I, I gotta know. Okay, so, so like, there were, there were a couple where it was, like, they didn't even, like... It's mostly instrumental co- covers, obviously. Yeah. But, like, there were parts where they just sang, like, sang it with the guitar like it was any other line. Like, they gave it, they gave it its own little, like, like, music to it, or, like, oh. fit it in with the rest of the verse. No. And I'm like, no, no. That's not what you it's need. It's a spoken word. It's a, let's get dangerous. Right. And then there were other ones where, like, if they had vocals, then it was just, like, shouted, uh. or, like... Just worked in as though it were nothing special. Like it's just when part it's of the, the whole point of the song. Yeah. If I'm going to listen to a Darkwing Duck cover of some <laughs> kind, that's what I'm going for. I I, I want to hear someone say it really well. I just love the fact that you were at a point in your life where you felt the need to allocate a specific like like moment in your college life. is fucked <laughs> up. You had to find like, a specific moment in your life to look up metal covers of the Darkwing Duck theme song. And that's covers, yeah. plural. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, no. It was cover to start, and then they all oh. fucking failed. Okay. The Let's Get Dangerous You had text. to, like, find the one. Right, like, it was gonna be five minutes out of my day to see, like, oh, I bet somebody's made this, and then it became a half-hour ordeal where I found somebody who did it right. <laughs> and I did find somebody who did it right, and it was very good. Oh, good, you'll they, have to show they, me that later. It, yeah, it was, like, an instrumental cover, but then, like, he got up real close to the mic and did the, let's get dangerous. That's awesome. And I'm like, that's what I wanted. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Someone finally that, delivered I wanted that so world. much more than this album. Can that be our next review? <laughs> <laughs> Where were we? Okay. I, I, uh, I fear I, to we ask. We were at Silver Bells and Mama, Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. Ah, uh, yes. Everyone's favorite uh, Christmas-themed cuck anthem. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Penalty game? Oh, oh no. <laughs> God. These songs were okay. They stole riffs. The regular verses sucked. We gotta move on, because the next song, (laughs) Let It Snow, this is the song that made me lose my goddamn mind. This is the first (laughs) of the last four songs on the album, and this is where I became destroyed. (laughs) Let It Snow starts off with Children of the Grave by Black Sabbath. Yeah. (laughs) It's just playing Children of the Grave. Straight up. Under normal circumstances, I'd be like, okay, whatever, they're stealing again. Let me me walk you back through... (laughs) The, the the stuff that got stolen for this. All right. <laughs> Russell, so, Russell. <laughs> yeah. So for I'll Be Home for Christmas, they stole Home Sweet Home. There's Problem Child by ACDC that they stole for Silver Bells, which at the very least, like, 
ACDC Hell's Bells. There's probably some association. Oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't use Hell's Bells, but you know. Yeah, that was another thing. (laughs) But that was okay because I'm like, it's ACDC. Half the songs sound mostly the same. It's okay. Let it snow. Black Sabbath has a song called Snowblind. (laughs) They fucked up. (laughs) Why did they take Children of the Grave? They fucked up, dude. This is like this is the point where I had like figured out that there's no reasoning with this album. There's nothing I can do. I tried. I tried. <laughs> what if they did that on purpose? Like, can you imagine? <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. Like, I I have to figure that they tried Snowblind first, and then we're just like, nah, that's not really fun, or we can't make it work. <laughs> and so they're just like, what's a really easy song to play by Black Sabbath? <laughs> <laughs> this album <laughs> i like to think of it as like they they wanted to use snowblind but they decided that it would be funnier if they used a different black sabbath song <laughs> knowing that someone would figure that out and be like what the fuck i'm not gonna give I, I'm, I'm sure that's that much no, no, credit. that's not what happened at all but i just in my brain like in my <laughs> pretend world that's your preferred canon for twisted sisters methodology for this album is Definitely what I want to have happened. Yeah. But I know I want in my believe. cold, black, little, grinchy heart of hearts that that's <laughs> not what happened. <laughs> and on that day, they say his heart shrunk three sizes. <laughs> the solo is okay on this one, I guess. Yeah. There's... Like, it's fine. <laughs> it's got a good guitar solo. It does. I mean... Like, I had to keep listening to it even after I figured out that they didn't play Snowblind. So that's what I got out of it. I mean, of course it's going to be a good solo from... Eddie Fingers. That's his name. That's, that's, that's the guitar. Well, <laughs> he has a last name. Is that... I don't want to pronounce it wrong, but they call him Eddie Fingers. <laughs> I was about to say, is that his Christian name, Eddie Fingers? <laughs> Edward Fingers. Ed, oh, yes, Edward Fingers. No relation to Edward Edward Finger Hands. Finger Hands. <laughs> yes, Edward Finger Hands of Twisted Sister. oh my god i hate this their drummer is also mark the animal mendoza who i assume isn't relatable to animal from the muppets but that would be dope that would make this a lot better i i refuse to look up which direction that nickname traveled because i have to assume that it did travel from one of them to the other but i can't bear to learn that one of my favorite muppets (laughs) is named after the drummer from twisted sister (laughs) and i don't think my little heart can take the (laughs) twisted sister had a drummer whose nickname was after a Muppet. The Muppet had to be first, right? Like, well, shit. I am praying that the oh. Muppet was first. Let's say I it can't, was. I don't want to think about this anymore. Yeah, <laughs> let's move on. In, in our new established Twisted Sister fanon, <laughs> the Muppet came first. And no amount of George Lucas editing will convince me otherwise. Hashtag animal drums first. Yes. Okay, we gotta get on to Deck the Halls because they're so... This is the song that really proved to me how bad this album was because of how good it could have been. Yeah. First of all, this one, it sounds a lot like the I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. Like, it's a so similar tempo and feel and everything. But Mm -hmm. instead of the riff from You've Got Another Thing Coming by Judas Priest, it's The Boys Are Back in Town by Thin Lizzy. It's the laziest version of it because they don't even do the little solo, like, picking part. Yeah, Yeah, the picking part, like the good part of that riff. They just do the chords. It's just... 
which is just the verses that they've been playing for the past eight songs. Which is liter- and it's literally the same rhythm as you've got another thing coming with different chords too. I know, I know. <laughs> and like that was the one, and I had looked it up on the on the wiki just to see like, okay, what am I in for here? Or like, what what was that? And then it's like, okay, yeah, the boys are back in town is on this song, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I heard that. And then you get to the middle of the song. Oh boy. And the riff from War Pigs is just there. <laughs> They just play the riff from War Pigs. And that's when I was like, what are you doing? <sighs> like, this is why I don't call it parody or affectionate, like, reference. This is death. There's, there's no reason for it to be there other than. There's they no reference think of a good here. Riff. There's nothing. They couldn't. They just took War Pigs. Yeah, there's. Like, all the original riffs on this album are so. Fr- they're not even riffs. They're just, like, chords played in rhythm. Like, it's not. There's nothing. There's nothing here. Here's what makes me really, really upset. Now, like, if you had a Christmas album by a hair metal band that was just lazy chords on all of these Christmas songs, fine. That'd be fine. It'd be like any other artist's Christmas album, basically. Check out. (laughs) If you had a Christmas album that had that and then even had the... the references to all the other, these other songs. Yeah, like maybe they use that's, Iron Man to be cute or something, like whatever. Yeah, like that's that's theft. Sure, <laughs> you're going to jail. You've committed a crime. See me in court. But fine. At the very least, you're like that's it's references to the genre. We're not trying too hard. Fine. Yeah. The galling part of this track <laughs> is immediately after War Pigs is used they launch in to like 15 to 30 seconds of god rest you merry gentlemen that is the best fucking christmas music on this album yeah it's so good like it's like an oasis in this fucking desert it's not just the chords like it's real they actually and it's there play it. and it's one of my favorite christmas songs of all time because of the minor key that it's in and the, yeah. the chord work that's in that song that's awesome and they play it really well and it's completely instrumental and it's great <laughs> <laughs> and then they think they can just go back <laughs> so like, and just do kidding, the same guys. <laughs> lazy, dumb shit that they've been doing the entire album. And I say, no, Twisted Sister. Just kidding. Who wants to hear that lame shit? <laughs> <sighs> it's it's literally, like, it's the Banjo-Kazooie nuts and bolts moment where it starts out as a platformer and they go, who would want to play this? <laughs> Yeah, that's like, kind of a niche reference, but you know, no, that's, that's how we do. That's here. exactly what I felt. <laughs> that is you. I don't. I don't care. This isn't about the listeners anymore. All right, I'm gonna. I'm gonna Jimmy Buffett this review. Okay, this is not escapism for them. I need this for me. That reference is exactly what I felt. It was you put a shiny trinket in front of me and then revealed to me that it's just a painting of a trinket and then you punch a hole in that painting. That's such a specific thing. You you got exactly how I felt, though. Like, that's exactly right. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I hate it. So, yeah, that was where I was at. Yeah. This song crystallized everything that I hated about this album. <laughs> lazy work, and when it wasn't lazy, it was stolen, and when it wasn't lazy or stolen, it was 30 seconds on this song. <laughs> oh, my God. They do a cover of the Christmas song. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Yeah, uh, they did that. And that's, it's there, and I don't think anything's stolen from this one, so, like, they at least give me a respite from that. Not anything that, like, sticks out like a sore thumb. Like, I don't know, There's yeah. there might be something, but it's so generic that it, like, it's probably just nothing. 
you know? Yeah, like, it's it's regular, and they do their lazy chord thing again, but they also have a solo, and the solo doesn't sound like it's from anything, and I'm just like... It's pretty good. Okay, thanks, that's fine. <laughs> just, that's... Thanks for giving us this brief... Me... <laughs> this 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 brief solace before the worst thing ever right yeah which we'll get so, to my th- this is that's pretty much all i have to say about the christmas song yeah christmas. there's nothing else my like deck the halls is my personal hell on this album yeah but <laughs> it's not the worst song on this album. oh no i gotta i gotta give a lot of fucking caveats to this yeah i don't hate this next song that we're going to talk about more than I hate Deck the Halls. <laughs> I just think that Deck the Halls has some objectively good musical moments, and their version of the 12 Days of Christmas has none. No, it has, it's nothing. It's one joke that goes on for five minutes and 14 seconds, which is like four minutes and 30 seconds longer than it should be. <laughs> yes. Now, the reason that I don't hate this as much is because that's what the song 12 Days of Christmas is. I know, and I hate that song. <laughs> it's a joke that goes on for too long. So, like, at least this isn't... I mean, it's their fault that they chose to do it, but the song construction is such that I'm like, I, I mean, yeah, that's just what this song is. Yeah. And it, like, this song didn't have any room to be better than itself. It's just it's just no good Deck the Halls could have been to. so much better, but this is ju- it's just an ordeal. For those of you playing at home, I'm going to say don't listen to this album. Don't. So I'm going to list yeah. off to you the, the 12 <laughs> things that... For his heavy metal Christmas, Zee Snyder's Paramore got for him. <laughs> Please do. I'm going to skip right to 12. Please. 12, Silver Crosses. 11, Black Mascaras. 10, Pairs of Platforms. 9, Tattered T-Shirts. 8, Pentagrams. <laughs> Pentagrams? <laughs> yeah, that's how they fucking Doesn't say fit it. the syllables, actually, but they, they make it work. 7, Leather Jackets. 6, Cans of a Hairspray. 5, Skull Earrings. <laughs> Four quarts of Jack, three studded belts, two, two pairs, pairs of spandex pants. pants. <laughs> we'll get back to that. And a tattoo of Ozzy, who who he have lovingly stolen from several times on this record. <laughs> yeah, like the the only things to talk about on this song are the pairs of spandex pants and the tattoo of Ozzy. And the tattoo of Ozzy <laughs> is going to be a very good fucking closer to this. So, two pairs of spandex pants. <laughs> I don't know which member of the band sings this, but I have to assume that it's not the drummer because I hate the drummer and I love whoever sings this. <laughs> it's, the, it's the best part of the whole album. <laughs> yes. The the drummer I hate for getting us away from the, what could have been halfway decent acoustic album, like coming in and plotting his ass into hair metal. Oh God, yeah. The two pairs of spandex pants, man, brings the joy of Christmas to my heart. <laughs> because every single time he says his line, he sounds surprised and upset. <laughs> Two pairs of spandex pants. <laughs> that's literally, we're not even exaggerating. Like, that's how he that says That is not it. an exaggeration. That is exactly how he sounds. And it, it, he gets more aggravated. Like, he just keeps opening boxes Christmas Day after Christmas Day. And it's, Two pairs of spandex pants. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I just do some quick math here for y'all? <laughs> Please, by, by all means. By the end of these twelve days of Christmas, the the narrator of the song, who we can I guess presume to be Dee Snyder or the entire band, ends up with twelve silver crosses, twenty two black mascaras, sixty platform shoes because they're pairs, <laughs> thirty six tattered t shirts, forty pentagrams. 
uh 42 leather jackets which jesus christ that like who's gonna buy all those yep. <laughs> 42 cans of hairspray goodbye ozone layer 40 skull ear <laughs> wait a second that's not even an even number they're, they're they have an odd number of earrings i don't even like that like well <laughs> well 40 is it an odd number no i mean five like five five skull earrings Oh yeah, because I was gonna What's... I was gonna double it because it was pa- like assuming it's pairs, but it's just single. No, no, you're right. They are individual rings. skull earrings. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and then we got thirty six quarts of Jack, which is absurd. But I guess that's the kind of image they're they're going for on this kind of. Oh thing. yeah, rough and tumble. <laughs> thirty studded belts. Who knows what they're doing with those over there? Twenty two <laughs> pairs of spandex pants. <laughs> Or, or 44 spandex pant legs in total. <laughs> and of course, 12 tattoos of Ozzy just covering his whole body. Okay, so like... <laughs> that was poorly checked. Math with 27, aptly so. <laughs> I'm going to round out here by just like the tattoo of Ozzy line as your fucking number one thing for Christmas. That feels so much like what hair metal is. Because, like, a tattoo of Ozzy Osbourne is not what a heavy metal person would get. Yeah. Like, it's it's what a person who wanted to market off of heavy metal would talk about. <laughs> Nobody who listens to heavy metal is going to go out and get a tattoo of Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. Like, look, guys, we're metal. Right. It just we know metal. you have no idea you... what you're talking about. Did, did you hear all the riffs we stole? <laughs> It's just... Holy shit, dude. <laughs> this album took so much out of me, because I I don't love Christmas music as an idea, but there are Christmas songs that I like, and I sure. love heavy metal. Yeah. Like, my favorite video game is based on the fact that I like heavy metal. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a game that no one else would put as their favorite game, but because it's full of heavy metal, I love it. Yeah. It's fucking great. The the game is Brutal Legend, and it's all about, like, actual heavy metal music and iconography and, like, the stuff that people get out of listening to the songs and dealing with the people. It's not just the, the base level, like, most basic, like, fucking right. imagery. It's not mirroring the instrumentation and deciding that you want to be rich and party. Because that's not fucking metal. No, it's lame. Yeah. Sorry to end this one on a fucking downer, but I... I <laughs> there is nothing redeemable to me about the way that Twisted Sister uses metal in this album as this sort of, like, yeah. bait-and-switch, stupid, grand theft music crap. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. I couldn't have said it better. And Twisted Sister, if you're hearing this right now, I am calling the police. You're going to jail. You're going to music jail forever, and I'm not going to call you. Oh, you boys are in for it. I got the music cops on the line right now. Hello? (laughs) Music cops. I'd like to report one Twisted Sister. Yes, in 2006, they (laughs) did a very bad thing. Yes, I'll hold. Anyway, while while they're holding, we can wrap this up and I'll just get back remember to, that to later. tell them that it was mostly war pigs. All right, everything else is probably <laughs> just tell them that it was mostly war pigs that got me. <laughs> <sighs> 
This has been our penalty game for failing the absolute baseline challenge we set out to do for our music reviews. It is also a very... episode later. Yes. (laughs) It is also a very fun excuse for us to review a couple of Christmas albums. It was fun. We had fun. Like, I, I had a good time of what came out of this, I think. Not not such a good time listening to it in preparation, but it made my drives to work a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, I should have thought of that beforehand. But honestly, no, fine. like, I gotta say, this episode and these albums have given us, like, a ton of just starting points about music in both directions. There have been a lot of conversations that we've had on and off the air about these albums and about what this kind of music means to us. And that's... I'm going to bring this back the fuck around. That's what Christmas means to me. It's sharing stuff with the people that you care about. It's about giving people a gift in the form of spending time with them and having a good time. So, if nothing else, that about this episode has given me the warm fuzzies and has sanctified this as a Christmas episode. Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown! Also, the only other acceptable use of a children's choir. That's not. A, that's just like some fucking kids singing. That's not a. That's like five kids. Yeah, that's exactly. Like, like that's that's fine because it feels like real. It's not like pre-orchestrated okay, yeah. and fakey fake, and you didn't even. Try. It's fine. Okay, it's fine. Go listen True to. That. All right, go listen to Vince Guaraldi's <laughs> the Vince Guaraldi Trio's yeah. soundtrack to a Charlie Brown Christmas special. Because that's good Christmas music. In fact, listen to that instead of this episode. Don't listen to this episode. I know yes, it's a little now that we've got you here, that. now that we can, we've built a rapport with you through this episode, don't listen to this episode. And you can trust us when we say that. In fact, never listen to our podcast again. Okay, well, that's uh, a, hold that's on. That's a joke. To, yeah, like, this <laughs> is a special and all, but do listen to the real episodes of Album Club 500. Edit, and Edit that out. <laughs> You can find the real episodes of Album Club 500 on opalnebula.com. New episodes come out every Wednesday, and you can find them there and subscribe and have a good time with the real non-Christmas music that we listen to. Yes, next week we will actually be reviewing Touch by the Eurythmics and Born Under a Bad Sign by Albert King. Merry Christmas, everybody. And happy holidays if you don't celebrate Christmas. Happy Festivus, happy Saturnalia, happy December Ween, happy Candle Nights, happy... Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. Ha- Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. The real ones. <laughs> I was listing all the fake ones. <laughs> right, but I had to hit the real ones because it feels like kind of sucks if we just say the Christmas is the only real one. I forgot the fake ones. Well, I'm not a Christian either, so it's okay. Yeah, Anyway, good night. <laughs> <laughs>